Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Minds Never Matter podcast. We are a real play D&D podcast where we follow four adventurers as they take on the perils of their most dangerous test yet, the Adventuring College of Alona. My name is Noah Bryan and I'm the GM of this story. And today, the question we wanted to know more about is, what was a time that your character would have gotten in trouble as a kid? Anne, would you like to start us off? Absolutely. My name is Anna, and I play Amelia Victisolis. Um, Amelia got grounded multiple times for accidentally breaking things um, around the house. Usually her mother's possessions. Perfect. As it should be. Your mom's kind of mean. She broke your I'm heart. Kind of she bully. deserves to have some broken stuff. All, all oh, yeah, I can imagine sure. is Amelia just like looking at her mom as a young child and slowly pushing something like <laughs> off, <laughs> making eye like contact the whole time. Yeah, like a like a cat just yeah. batting at it. Exactly. <laughs> Nick, do you want to tell us what Sarthelion would have gotten into as a child of the forest? Of course. Hey, folks. My name's Nick Tavanese, and I play Sarthelion Gray. Uh, so. During Sarthelion's intense training as a youngster, he had uh, a teacher who was particularly tough on him. So one day he decided to put some of the skills he learned to use and uh, planted a minute bottle of alchemist fire in his teacher's favorite privy. And for the next few weeks, he was on duty cleaning that privy. <laughs> He can come up with that, but he still hits a wall. Hey. Hello, everybody. I'm Aaron Owens, and I'm playing Pogo Stardust. So Pogo got in trouble when he was uh, younger. His parents, this is before his sister was born. He was very young, and his parents were hosting a cocktail hour or some type of high fluting conversation thing, and his parents kind of just kind of wanted him to stick outside don't get in the way and he was really hungry so he went out to the kitchen and he wanted to make himself some food uh he tried cutting up an apple and ended up cutting himself on accident because he's a small kid with a knife uh and he ended up bleeding everywhere and crying really bad that got people's attention and his parents yelled at him for that what do you have a knife no (laughs) no Pogo's gonna need a happy story. I want to give Pogo a hug. Pogo has like 10 years of hugs he's owed. Yeah. <laughs> just, just built up. I'm confused. What what are, what are you guys doing? Is this, this Are you attacking me? <laughs> if you what hug is this? Pogo long enough, he will start crying. Why are you placing yourself against against me? Are you okay? Are you are you do you need a shield of meat of some sort? <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give you guys a happy one because Pogo's made us all sad. Um, so Cecily uh, grew up with a bunch of younger siblings in the monastery that she grew up with, and um, particularly two little brothers, Lonnie and Roland, two twin tiefling boys, um, would get into a lot of trouble, and she was she was mostly uh, you know charged with watching them. Uh, so one day, she was about like 13. They were around six years old. Um, they were out doing chores in the in like the farm area of their um, of their temple, and all of a sudden, uh, she hears all of these um, hooves and 
goat sounds where they're not supposed to be. Um, and she turns around and there's just goats everywhere. They've been let loose. And Lonnie and Roland standing there looking like perfect little angels. And so when <laughs> when all of the, the farm hands and the farm manager comes out yelling and screaming, uh, she takes the fall and says that she forgot to lock the gate. Aw, that's so sweet, though. She was charged with rounding them all up. <laughs> of course. A fitting from crime school. for the punishment. A fitting punishment for the crime you didn't commit. Uh, coming from someone who's actually had to chase down a loose goat, it's not easy. We're going to see what punishment you get for the crime of murdering someone now. <laughs> I forgot so to say, I forgot to say non-lethal damage. You don't know if he's dead yet. We'll we'll find out. So stick around for episode two of the Minds Never Matter podcast to find out. Last we left off, you had all finally made it to the Adventuring College of Alona, where you were paired off into your new adventuring parties. And then we visited all the different clubs that were available to all of you until we had met the evil group that had that is going to potentially rival your group here and there. And we got into a little scuffle that um, ended not so happy. And Can you remind us of their name again? <laughs> the name of the bad people. So there was Draz Grayson, the Dampier, Dorkian no, Everpath. Oh, Dorkian and the Boys. Thank you. That's all is, I needed to hear. Is Boys spelled with a Z or is it spelled B O I S? Uh, no, 100% with a, with a Z. Okay. The Boys. The Boys. Dorkian and the Boys. The Boys. Thank goodness you didn't. Thank goodness you didn't hit Dorkian. That would have been really sad to have to change the name. <laughs> It's <laughs> watch out! It's oh. loving memory of <laughs> oh Dorkian. Oh we hardly knew ye. Maybe one day we'll find out more about his sad family life or something like that. Oh, I fucked around and found out. That's all I have to say. I have no remorse. Hey, if you you don't start the fights, but you sure as hell finish them. She fucking yeah. finishes them really fast. Apparently, I love that. That's the first hit everyone saw her make. Too is like the first combat. It was the she first does. combat of the session, and immediately so or this fresh. podcast, and you're just like, mm, I'm gonna set this tone ready to like scuffle right with these the bullies, and she just kind of turns them into a half circle. And you're like, oh fuck! The Taco Bell bong, the bong, bong. The best role that the healer can have is to just remove the threats. <laughs> I yeah, cast. you don't have to do any healing if. You know, you commit murder. I don't want to use any of my spell slots, motherfucker. You're You're not worth the spell slot. (laughs) So. (laughs) Kind of a hard line, actually. That would be intense. I would just have to work that in there somewhere. The big bad will be like, you're not worth the spell slots. I've been creating little quips that I'm going to just throw at the party later on. Uh, But the headmaster came out and stopped the fight before any more damage could be done and asked you all to meet in her office first thing in the morning. And that's where we ended. And to start off episode two, we see dawn starting to break over the adventuring college and the warm rays of the sun start shining through the dorm windows. And this is kind of how most of you would wake up early in the morning excited for your first day, but I'm going to throw it to you guys to tell me how your characters would wake up in the morning and start preparing for their classes or preparing to go talk to the headmaster. Cecily has not slept. She is just 
riddled with guilt over what she's done. The first action she takes at this brand new school with all these brand new potential friends is potentially murder. She has no idea what's happened with this guy. Um, at least she's severely hurt somebody um, and she feels awful about it. Um, she's also naturally up this early a lot of the time because observing the sunrise is part of her practice. So she's probably um, just like open to the window and is staring at the sunrise and um, thinking about what she did. <laughs> so yeah, you see the sunrise again, but the sunrise doesn't, you don't feel the warmth quite as much as you normally do. Oh no, dad's as disappointed in me. Everything. I I don't know. You did exactly what you were taught to do. <laughs> she didn't not do what we were told. <laughs> it's fair. Sarthelion, being a high elf, he doesn't have to sleep very much, just uh, sits crisscross applesauce on his bed for about four hours before he uh, comes out of his meditative trance. He usually gets up, does about five push-ups before he's like, yeah, that's enough. Um, he spends a lot of time uh, writing in a notebook, uh, a secret notebook. He might... Uh, Dear he diary. Might to make sure all his weapons. Yeah, it's, it's just a diary. Like today sucked. It's got one of those uh, like glittery locks on it. Yeah, <laughs> gel pens and everything. Dear diary, I fucking hate it here. That's so mean. No one understands me. Yeah, he's a very uh, he's a very contemplative individual. So he would uh. You know, check to make sure all his weapons are in order, you know, get suited in his probably 15-minute leather strap getup that takes way too long to put on for just a normal day at school. Stare at the wall, probably brood. A lot of brooding. Mm. Uh, he, needs, he needs to practice his uh, his brooding face. Do you throw a couple smolders in there? Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of, a lot of long sighs. Thank goodness you're in your own room. Your roommate just hearing this, just turning over, and you're just crisscross staring right at him. The walls are super thin, so his neighbors can hear everything. Oh my god. <sighs> just in the mirror, mm, I don't need push ups. I'm naturally toned. Oh my god. <laughs> Aaron, would you mind telling us how you went, or Pogo? So, so Pogo is in the similar boat. So, he's a high elf, so he just had to meditate for four hours. And the other four hours, he's more or less working on reading through a thick religion or history book. He's honestly not sure which it is. Uh, every, for every word he doesn't understand, he puts it down on like a separate piece of paper and he writes it down. He will look it up, the meaning of the word in the dictionary, and then do like five push-ups or so. And this, he's done a lot of push-ups this morning. Like he's gone through like two. There's sentences. just a pile of sweat. <laughs> Exactly. He's he's made it. He's basically writing, <laughs> copying the textbook word for word almost. Just oh, my daily oh, paragraph. No. <laughs> oh, Pogo. And then he switches to doing like standing squats, air squats, and just work, working jacked. through. Pogo's got an iron ass. Th that is why he is Jack. You <laughs> <laughs> can see it through the wizard robes. You've never seen such a thick wizard. Someone to goes to stab him now. and he just clenches the cheeks. No, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Get a knife on him. Boom. That's why he has oh. a natural defense. He doesn't need armor. That's why he can't sneak around. Because he clenches his cheeks. Oh, I just want to scoop. I tried to sneak through the guard, but my ass was too fat. 
<laughs> but that that's his morning for the most part. Is that how you kept breaking things at your house as you just kept turning around and Yeah, no, I could see that happening. Him just like turning around, knocking it knocking stuff over, bumping into stuff. Little bull in a china shop. Alright, let's hear what Amelia would do on this fine morning. Oh, Amelia didn't do anything wrong. So she's oh, fine. Of course oh. not. She she starts today like, you know, any other day. She does her twenty step face routine. <laughs> And she, you know, fixes her hair. She gets herself dressed. Um, she, She's totally fine. She knows that she's 100% guilt-free. She didn't throw a punch. She didn't even make eye contact with Dorky and the boys. There's, there's nothing that she could be in trouble for. She did everything she was supposed to do. I wish I had Amelia's confidence. Just <laughs> going through life. I don't know. I enjoy being self-aware. <laughs> I have never done anything wrong ever. Frederick's already left for the morning, so he he wasn't even there when you had woken up for your twenty step face routine. Unsurprising. Well, perfect. Well, as you all wake up, and I'm assuming head to the headmaster's office as the as the sun gets a little higher. Once you get there, you kind of see the the secretary typing away at the computer, and the secretary ushers you back to a bench where you all can sit. Finally, you hear the voice of Juno Everhart. You just hear a sigh, and she goes, come in. Walking in with confidence. (laughs) And as you walk in, you see her erasing away on a little whiteboard behind her desk, where it says, last time since student's death, you can just make out the number was 1,275. She erases it and just puts a big old zero on there. And once she finishes that, she and she made it elaborate. She took a very long time to do it, kind of looking over her shoulder each time. Sets down the eraser and the marker. Sits down across her large desk. Very regal desk. She goes, please have a seat. We have to discuss some things. Cecily immediately sits down I... directly in front of her, like... Could I make an insight check to see if she seems legitimately perturbed at what's happening right now? Yeah, absolutely. That is a dirty 20. You can tell that she's putting on a little bit of a show. Like she's she's making a pretty big show of making the big old zero and sitting down in a huff. But if you look a little deeper, she doesn't really look that upset. So when she sits down, she goes, okay, I've talked to a couple students and faculty that heard about this little incident, but I want to hear your side. When is the funeral? Arrangements I are being made. I apologize for him. <laughs> That's quite all right. Arrangements have been made. A message has been sent to the family. Well, and I guess the word's out then, yes. Draz did sadly pass away. He passed away before he got to the infirmary. Oh my but god. Fighting is a part of being an adventurer. So let's hear your side, and then I will decide how to move forward. I, I, I really, I really didn't, I really didn't mean to kill him. I, I, well, he, they were, they were walking up to us, and they were just seemed to be real, real upset with, with, with Pogo and Amelia talking about their financial situation for some reason. So I offered to buy them lunch, and I just, I, and then, and then, and then, uh, well, Drea's hit me, and then the other two 
were reared to fight and she just kind of gestures to Sarcelia and Upogo. And so and, and so they started fight and then so so they started fighting us and then we started fighting them and I, I swung and I just I swung a little too hard. And so I was I I, I thought I swear I cast I cast cure wounds on him. I that didn't was he already dead? So you're saying you were solely responsible for the death of this student? Yeah, yes. I don't I don't want them to take anything for this. This is I helped. You did not hush your mouth. Uh I this this is all me, honestly. I don't want anything to fall back on them or their families. I like I, Amelia seemed pretty concerned that she had no she had no involvement in this whatsoever. And the other two were just trying to, you know, defend us. So it's 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 really just me. I I swung too hard and then I did my healing not work? And she looks at you. I, we should talk. She and she looks at the rest of the students. She goes, the rest of you are free to go. Your story lines up with what I've been told. It sounds like they picked their fight and now they're reaping the rewards. And she goes, I, I should not have used the word reaping. <laughs> <laughs> they, I won't say they got what they deserved, but things happen as an adventurer. You're all adults. You all know the risks. And you know the risks of picking fights. Yes, Pogo, I see your hand raised. Um, uh, I I heard that if a you witness a student die, um, the, the school will just give you A's for the semester from trauma. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> so that's actually not true because we actually have a class on trauma, and we have counselors here that will that will help you through this trauma and. We have to make sure you're ready for the outside world. So, oh, Pogo's going to look a little bit more sad now. Wait a minute, y'all have counselors, but you don't have Revivify. Like you can't. We can't. And just... when you say the word Revivify, her eyes kind of narrow, and you start to feel a burning sensation from from your tattoos of Griam, and you almost get a sense that Griam is unhappy with this idea she just kind of like keels over a little bit and like grabs at basically her whole self and um she's just she's just silent after that amelia is sort of contemplating this she's like sitting in in deep thought and she sort of glances at cecily and then glances at um juno and she pipes up and she says Um, excuse me, ma'am, but as you know, I'm a child of the law, and if Cecily is going to be facing any repercussions for what happened, uh, what she did was an act of self-defense, especially protecting nobility, Pogo and myself. She shouldn't be in any kind of trouble, jailed, expelled, Nothing bad should befall her. And Cecily just kind of puts her hand out. And she goes... And she's, like, breathing through the burning that she's feeling right now. And she says, I appreciate it. I, re- I really do. I, For my own self, I think whatever she feels is best is what I will accept. All I'm saying is, if I find out that you've been expelled... 
Don't be surprised if one of my lawyers show up wanting to represent you. She just kind of chuckles. She goes, she just kind of, no, this is pretty much it. She's, she just kind of smiles a little bit. Um, she's in too much pain to argue right now. So she's just like clutching herself and keeled over and just squint, like shutting her eyes, trying to breathe through it. She goes, Miss Victisolis, we are well aware of your legal prowess and you have nothing to worry about. As I've said, we've talked to other students and faculty and we agree that this was self-defense. But we cannot let this go unpunished. But I promise you it will befit the crime. These things happen. Thank you. She goes, of course. Now, I will ask that you all leave me and Cecily alone. We have things to discuss. Uh, Sartalian will stand up. He'll, before he leaves, he'll walk over to the whiteboard where she made the big zero. Uh, and he'll pick up a marker and make a smiley face with it. And then put the marker down and then walk out of the room. <laughs> For those who are looking at Juno, you, you see a little smile come across her face she tries to hide it pretty quickly but no i was just gonna say as he's like standing in the doorway he'll turn around to her uh maybe catching that smile a little bit and he'll say next time less size try more guilt tears something thank you sarthelion i will come to you if i need any more brooding advice of course <laughs> uh amelia will roll her eyes and follow sarthelion out the door Pogo leaves as well. And she goes, Pogo, please shut the door behind you. Pogo closes it and then pulls it tight. And as soon as the door closes, Juno locks her eyes onto your Cecily. And she just holds your gaze for five seconds or so. And when she finally speaks, she speaks in a soft tone. She just... I agree with what Amelia said. This was in self-defense. And I don't know if you can tell, but there's not many like us around. So I thought this would also be the perfect opportunity for us to discuss certain things about our lineage. What do you mean? Well, how many other Asimars have you seen growing up? <laughs> Not many, but it's not like, well, it's not like I grew up around the public, at least. I've been alive for a while, and to be honest, you are the first other one I've seen. You are special. You have much to bring into this world. What does this even mean? Like, what... What makes it so special and why doesn't feel special? It feels awful. She stands and kind of looks at the whiteboard with the smiley face on the zero. She, she takes the eraser and wipes it off and turns back to you. She goes, I know it's going to be hard now, but you've grown up in a temple of Griom where the sun shines on life constantly. But the sun must also shine on death as well. Death is a part of life. And as adventurers, you must understand that you are going to see a lot of death. 
And it's good that you got it out of the way now so you can learn from your mistakes and help those who truly matter to you. What happened with Draz is a tragedy. And when he went down, you tried to heal him. But being a damp here, that caused more harm than good. And I need you to take the lesson from this as well. To not act rashly. To make sure to think out your choices before you just rush in. I didn't... I didn't know my healing magic could hurt somebody. Everyone <laughs> different, Cecily. I, I thought I was supposed to help. I thought I was supposed to help people. Why... Why does it do that? That sounds wrong. She walks around the desk and she takes your hands. She goes, you will help people. Today, or yesterday was... I know it was an accident. I know you were trying your best to help. And it. this is going to sound harsh. But if Draz couldn't make it through the first day, you may have done him a favor by ending it now before he dies out in the field and potentially gets other people hurt. That wasn't supposed to be my choice to make. Death hardly is a choice. But what is a choice is how we deal with it and how we move forward. Is that why... Is that why... When I said revivify, he got so angry. Death is inevitable. And we try not to mess with it too much. It's powers beyond our knowledge, our ability. Yes, we know about Revivify, but once someone has passed to the other realm, it is not our judgment or our decision to bring them back, whether they're students here or someone you care about deeply. It is not our choice. That is up to the gods. So Revivify is forbidden. And I don't want to hear you use that word again. But if they're so okay with, with, with me deciding just to take someone out, then why, why is it not okay for anyone to decide to bring them back? We mess with life in that way. We kill people. And, and I'm not allowed to... His parents are never going to see him again. And I'm not allowed to... No, you're not allowed to. The world works in mysterious ways. Death happens and his family will be notified and we will take it. We will try to help out as much as we can in the best ways we can. But he signed he signed the papers. He knows what this entailed and he chose to make that fight. I still don't like it. You don't have to like it, but you have to move forward from it. Well, you said you said it wasn't going to go unpunished. So what is it that I have to do? So what I think would befit this punishment is working on helping others get better. Helping working on your skills as a healer, as life, as sharing the powers Griam has given you. And I'm going to send you to work with the nurse. And I... But with this, you can't be in another club. You can only be in one other one. This will take up your second slot. And you will work closely with the nurse, healing other students that may be hurt and building your skills. All right. You said you're an Azamar too, right? And she open, she unfurls her silver wings. 
because I am. Why is yours so pretty? My dear, you are also very pretty. You have so much no, to offer. Not what I, it's not. Oh, you meant my wings? Oh, well. Um... Yeah, yeah, I meant, why is, I mean, your form is, it doesn't hurt people. I've hurt plenty of people. She goes, do you, do you know what causes an Asimar? We're not born from other Asimars. There's so few of us around. I just assumed it was some sort of curse from an angry god or <laughs> something that was disguised as a blessing or it something. It is a gift. And it's also a heralding of good or bad. It's It's what you make of it. But do you know when you were born? Do you remember the day? No. I, I was so young when I was put into the temple. So we just dis, decided that was my, that was my birthday. <laughs> she gives you a sad smile. She says, well, then let me tell you about mine. I was born, or all Asimars are born, from a celestial anomalies. Mine in particular was, I was born on a day when an asteroid was heading towards our land. And everyone was starting to say their goodbyes. But the moon, almost seeming to defy all physics, moved in front of the asteroid and protected this land. And on that day, I was born. Well, surely multiple people are, are born every day. Why, who decides which one it is? Can anybody really decide how they're born or what they will be born as? I didn't choose to be an Asimar. I didn't choose to have this responsibility with me. But after seeing what the moon did, I can only believe that the gods decided that we deserved more. We deserved another chance. Since then, I have always worshipped Mansi, the god of the moon, and decided to create a place where adventurers can learn and grow and protect others. I don't view being an Asimar as a curse. I view it as just another part of my duty. Well, I hope someday I can see it that way too, but mine's not, it hasn't been that way thus far. So it's a little more difficult to see it that way. You have a light, Cecily. Don't, don't snuff it out. Let it shine on your party members and on the people of this, of this college. And let your light help others. I'll try. She goes, no, I think it's time. Been doing a bang up job thus far, huh? She pats your shoulder. She goes, just make up for it from now on. Help the nurse. Bring others back. And let them be healed. She goes, now I think it's time for you to head off to class. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. She smiles at you, a soft smile. She nods her head and walks back to behind her desk and starts working on some paperwork. Um, can I roll to see what paperwork she's working on before I can before I I skedaddle yeah. out the room? Go for it. Oh, that's a six. It almost looks like she's kind of hiding it from you. So you can't see. That makes me want to know about it more. Okay, fine. She's going to take a little paper dragon and just kind of set it on her desk and 
walk away. Okay. Before she exits the room, can I roll a perception check to see how much of that conversation I could have eavesdropped? You just... sneaky little bastard! <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need it. you to make a stealth check first because the the I also want to see if right I can catch her listening in. So the okay. secretary all right, all right, all right. would potentially be watching out for you all to walk out. Okay. Fourteen for stealth. Yeah, she's she's playing solitaire. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. I am sneaking. Right, I am sneaking. Uh, the perception was just a nine. Okay. You you caught bits and pieces. A little bit about the Asimar, about life and death, how, uh, and just kind of that these things happen, but not any of the meat of the conversation. Okay. When Cecily walks out, does she open the door to find Sarthelion crouched down there mm. trying to listen in? Straight up hit him with the door. Kakonk! <laughs> just kind of went out. Now why am I not surprised? You deserve that one. I can't help myself. It's a it's a habit. Won't you leave me down here or help me up? Come on, sneaky pants. And she <laughs> she grabs him and helps him up. Um, Perfect. A little bit of Sarthelion's inner thoughts about from what he heard uh, and from what happened. He knows that Juno was lying, um, but he's not going to say that because that seemed like, it, from the, what little sympathy he has left, that seems like it was a very meaningful conversation. He probably heard so the yelling the... part about Revivify. <laughs> like, Cecily was full on yelling at her, so he probably heard that part. Yeah, you could catch all that. Could we uh, all hear the part about her shouting about Revivify or no? Were you all just hanging out by the door? <laughs> I mean, we're in the office right next to the door. I, I mean, yeah. you tell me. I mean, what if we were all sitting out there listening? <laughs> yeah, if y'all were waiting on your friend, I, I would accept that. You could definitely Sweetie hear the Revivify. Lined up outside the door. Cecily's outside doing her best office. to walk out like nothing happened. Like she wasn't just like on the bridge of tears and have and her skin's not still burning. <laughs> how how flustered do you look right now? Um, She looks just really exhausted and in a lot of pain, but she doesn't look like surprised i would say she's just you know so tired <laughs> she's not oh. her bubbly self i will say are you okay burns a bit but i'll be fine and when she grabs your arm like to help you up you can feel like it feels like she's got a fresh sunburn and like you can feel the heat radiating off of her so was uh was that guy your first i mean phrasing <laughs> sarthelion <laughs> Hey, this is Kyle. Oh, yes, it could have been so much worse. The first person she's killed. Yes. There, you want me to say the whole sentence? What, are you some sort of expert? The second one's always easier. That's all I'll say. Can I insight check that statement? <laughs> yeah. Cecily would also like to be like, I want to see if he's actually like, I'm okay with <laughs> killing people. <laughs> she's going to insight yeah, check that one yeah. too. I got a three. That is a 15. Yeah, no, I am. Or do you want to do it? No, I was, you go ahead, and I was just asking if you were trying to deception or what you were doing. No, I wasn't trying at all. That was very okay. That was very, yeah, very genuine. You let them know what they what they see. Yeah, what that was know. a very, very genuine reaction. She'll look at him and she'll say, "I hope it's not," and just kind of say, "Well, we're going to class." And if it makes you feel any better, I don't know my birthday either. 
well, I guess uh, that does make me feel a bit better, I guess. And she smiles to herself. Um, so what classes did y'all pick? Uh, are we, do we have any of the same ones? So with that, I, I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to fade out the chicka and then like the shimmer. And <laughs> so the no, first class, that. so the classes are kind of, <laughs> we need, we I'll, need I'll, that. I'll find a shimmer we need to fade out. No, you need, we need to hear Noah go <laughs> Save it on a loop that it's the same every time. Make a song yeah, yeah, out yeah. of it. Yeah, just oh put God, like one on top of the other so it's just like it's got like multiple layers of um but so the classes are kind of split so everyone can kind of do their classes so the first is arcana history and religion with alexander landry so cecily you have kind of a off period while we visit the arcana history and this will kind of be the only time we really touch on these classes in this podcast unless something important is happening so she's off like she has a free period right now yeah you just kind of have a free period she's gonna find a bench and start writing and just kind of write in her little notebook to herself perfect journaling i love it another dear yeah. diary moment <laughs> gonna have so many, helpful. Gonna need so many diaries. very helpful put your thoughts on paper man dear exactly diary. i killed a man <laughs> <laughs> and then was told I, I shouldn't know. feel bad about it. Just the out down spot. Yeah, so you all uh the three of you who are going to this class, you kind of step in and of course you see Alexander Landry the tortle up front, just looking, taking attendance as everyone walks in. This class is just gonna be a little bit of an info dump with a little bit of you guys asking questions at the end. Whoop whoop! Pogo's gonna sit at the front row. Just throwing that out there. Thank you. Uh, and you see, you see Stu also kind of sitting up there, being his little graduate student self. And uh, Amelia will sit by Stu. Okay, you sit next to Stu. Pogo's <laughs> gonna give a big wave to Stu. Is there a seat next to Amelia that's open? So I had originally said that he's at the front of the class sitting in the chair. So I'm just imagining you pulling up chairs to sit next to him, looking at the rest of the student body. That's exactly what's happening. (laughs) He's just kind of looking over and he's non-confrontational. So he's just like, okay. These kids killed someone yesterday. (laughs) They've thrown a knife at me. me. They've killed a child. And he's, you can kind of see his eye lines looking at the knife standing, sticking out of the doorway. Look, the murderer actually... Was that my knife? (laughs) Yeah, your knife. Oh, can I go get it? (laughs) Yeah, you can go get your knife. Uh, When you get your knife, you see a note. Do you want to look at it now or later? I'll slip it into my pocket and then find a seat at the back of the class. Okay, so now there's just an empty chair next to Stu. I just moved the chair and left. So Amelia took that seat so that no one else could have it, and then went to the back of the class. And everyone just watched you pull out the knife, and Alexander is just going to go, with that, let's uh, let's get started. I forgot how Alexander sounded. I think he was an old man. Yeah, Alexander was an old man. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun and talk in this voice and info dump. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. He goes, it's dangerous to go alone and take the sword. 
He goes, history, arcana, and religion is a very important part of every adventurer's life. They, this is how you know about the land you will travel to, and Divi Totem has many lands. We are split into seven regions, and each with their own ecosystem and monsters and people. And how they are split is due to the relics that mysteriously appeared and the magic shot out from them and transformed the land into what they are now. Each relic has a powerful magic inside of it. And when they tried to move them, bad things happened. So we just leave them in their temples and have collectively decided to not mess with them. Within the seven regions, there are many guilds. And each of you will one day get put into the guild where you will talk to the guild leader, and be sent on missions to help the people of each land. He goes, each land, as well as having the guild and their people and the monsters, have certain gods they worship. For example, Alona generally has shrines to Dole, who is the god of life and death. Of course, these can be seen in all of the lands, but the main temples are held here, and each land has their own that they worship. He flips his page, and he goes, the arcana. Magic is important, and it changes the way we live. As you know, magic has been regulated since ever since Alona has brought each of the lands together. Once someone has started to show the signs of magic, they must register their magic to ensue the safety of everyone around, and if anything should ever happen, we are able to find them and help them, or take them away where they cannot hurt others. It is an important part of our system. He goes, do you all have any questions about this land? Yes, Sarthelion. Where do you take the people you take away? Hopefully you never have to find out, but there, it's a special place inside the main city of Alona. Vague. As it is meant to be. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Amelia's hand shoots up next. Ah, Miss Victor Solis, yes, what can I answer for you? You mentioned that... Ilona brought all of the different territories together to form one unit. Um, curious, if there were to be, say, civilizations or any sort of people that were wiped out before this unification took place, is there any way to find records of those people? Most if, of... If they exist. <laughs> any records before the time of Divi Totem have been lost to time, and any that were kept were, are being secretly guarded inside the governing body. Thank you. He goes, anything else I can answer anyone? As in, since our first day, we will have a short class and you all can enjoy going to your others. Oh, yes, Arthelion, another question. Where are the relics located? I would like to steal them. <laughs> you see him whisper some. He calls Stu over and kind of whispers something to Stu. Since goes, I'm in the front of the class, can I roll perception to see yeah, if go I can whisper? Go ahead and roll it. Not that I would ever help Sarthelion do anything against the law. Never. But that is a 13. I'd say you can get this. He is basically just telling Stu to keep an eye on Sarthelion. Okay. And he goes, Sarthelion, you have a lot of interesting questions. 
I cannot Thank answer you. that. Oh, you're welcome. But I can't answer that at this time. Uh, as you progress in your studies, maybe eventually, if you are selected, can learn more about the ancient history and arts and relics. I'll be sure to pay attention. Yes, Pogo. So how do you get selected for those? <laughs> Generally, uh, it is a very select few who get picked to join the Guild of Alona and where you learn kind of this, the ancient arts and secrets. But you have to prove yourself worthy. You have to prove yourself loyal to, to Alona and Divitotum. You have to kind of start mastering each of your classes and prove yourself to be a worthy adventurer. Does that make Hogo's sense? Hogo's just furiously taking notes. This is part of lecture, for sure. <laughs> a normal part of lecture, yes. There might be a pop quiz later, guys. Yeah, I, I hope you all wrote this down. Um, like Cecily's not in this class, so Taylor the player was not paying attention very well, but I know things. You know things. I know things. things not, and stuff. not many useful things, but I know some things. Want to good, know about good. Frogs? Things are important. Yeah, that's on the pop quiz, actually. I can tell you some frog facts. <laughs> Alexander kind of claps his hands and he goes, Well, as a short class today, I will let you all go and get prepared for your next classes. They should be a lot more fun. I know that history arcana and religion have its moments, but... If you have any questions, you can always reach me at my office hours, which are three minutes after this class, where I will then go to lunch for the rest of the day. Any <laughs> other questions, please direct them to Mr. Dent over here. I will say that is the college experience in a nutshell. When trying it to really get a hold of is. It hurts. Yeah. If you have any questions, <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to leave. Oh, beautiful. And so with that, he claps his hands and he steps into his room. Stu kind of picks up his notes and picks up Alexander's notes and follows him to the back room as well. Ugh, yeah, let's go try to apprehend him. Bye, Stu. You can probably catch Stu before he leaves if that's what you'd like to do. Yeah. Um, Amelia will rush rush her little self over to Stu and grab his arm. And Stu goes, uh, yeah, um, can I help you, Miss Victisolis? She very, very lightly digs her nails into the flesh a little bit. <laughs> and she says, um, if you don't mind, I noticed that you seem to be the professor's TA of sorts. Um, I have a question about class that's, um, I, I don't want any other students to overhear. Do you mind if I take you outside for just a moment? Um, yeah, let me just, uh, go, go set these down and, and ow, uh, can you, um, release my arm, please? Oh, my apologies. I'm just really anxious. Today's like our first actual day, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure you have lots of classes, and I, I do too. So, um, will it be a quick conversation? Oh, absolutely. It shouldn't take any time at all. Okay, uh, I'll be right back. And he goes to the back room and then comes right back out. He sets all this stuff down, and he's kind of rubbing his arm. Um, she'll kind of she'll take him over to the corner. Um, as much as she can away from earshot. Um, and she will lean over a bit and she'll say, it's in your best interest to leave my party member alone. He means no harm. 
He's just an idiot. I'll keep an eye on him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he goes, oh, I- I'm sure Alexander, or, or Mr. Landry meant, or Professor Landry meant nothing by that. Uh, You know, was, he was just asking a lot of interesting questions. And... I mean, isn't that a part of wanting to learn? Is asking interesting, in-depth questions? Yeah, I mean, no. He's normally, never lived in Alona before. You know, people who grew up in Alona, like me and maybe yourself—I don't know where you're from. You know, we know all of this stuff from the moment that we're born, really. But for someone who, you know, grew up in the forest, this is all new for him. I would be curious too. No, and I, I totally understand. But is it, you know, certain times it's it's weird to ask questions like, "Oh, where can we find these things that are very important to how the government operates?" and and where do we find secrets about the government? That's just uh, not not normal things that people ask. Yeah, but you have to remember, he's the same person who threw a knife into the wall the other day. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Ahead of himself. And we we again we meant nothing by it, just that we needed to keep an eye on him and. You know, help help answer questions that we can't answer. Right. Well, that's that's all I really wanted to say. Um, her, she, she kind of, um, you know, furrows her eyebrows a little bit and makes this very stern face. Um, and she says, "Just leave him alone." Uh, yes, Amelia. Um, sure, sure, whatever you say. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week, and I cannot wait to see you in class again. And she gathers up her things, and she just skips out the door. Awesome. Let's say you skip out the door. Are you having <laughs> this conversation in the classroom? In a just corner, in so corner. nobody can hear. In a corner? Okay. I was just still sitting in the back. I wouldn't even try to listen. I was just... <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah, Pogo I... would have walked up to you and started talking to you about stuff. Yeah, I think you made the effort to hide your conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sarthelion will get up out of his seat and get ready to start leaving class, and he'll tilt his head over to Amelia as he walks by, and he'll say, Cheating on your boyfriend already? Oh, please. Something <laughs> like that is way below my standard. I don't know. You were hanging on to him tight. I have my reasons. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can lower my standards for someone like you, too. Oh, I await with bated breath, my dear. I'm sure you do. Most people do. And she's going to continue to skip. So yeah, that was a good class, guys. (laughs) I think we're going to get along very well. Cecily's just on a bench in the hallway waiting for y'all to get out of class. Just like... Just, 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 just writing. Just happy as a little clam. As happy as a clam who just killed someone. Could be. We see the shimmers once again as we fast forward a little bit in time to our next class, which would be Investigation and Perception with Erica Underwood, which is being taken by Cecily, Sarthelion, and Pogo. So, Amelia, you have a free period. Oh, she is going to go to the library and just study. Perfect. Um, I was just going to say, in between classes... Uh, can I find a corner and read that note? Yeah, you can find the corner and read that note. When you open the note, all that is on there is it says, meet in the library after class, after your classes. That is all that is that you can see that's on this note. Okay, noted. Cool. I'm actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna update it a little bit. It is written in the language of your guild or your 
what you're a part of. Okay. Then so duly, duly noted. Yeah, so it is written in a language that only you and select few others would know. Okay. All right. And the three of you who are not studying in the library head to investigation perception. And as you walk in again, Erica is sitting up front and is taking attendance as each of you walks in. She has very good memory. She is very perceptive, you could say. And as soon as this hulking wizard barbarian walks in, you can see her furrow her brows a little bit. She goes, oh, Cecily, Sarthelion, um, so great to have you in class. Pogo, would you mind meeting me up here really quick? Pogo walks up there. And she kind of lowers her voice. She goes, um, you're not in this class. No, oh, no. I, I have my transcript paperwork right here. It, it, it was scheduled. Right, so, um... So another teacher has kind of taken, believes that you would be better in a different class. Um, all I have written here is too big. What? 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 I, I'm not quite sure. He's a man of few words. Um, just whenever athletics and acrobatics is happening, just go ahead and go there. Okay. Uh, can I get the name of the teacher who's sending me there? Uh, yeah, that, that class is taught by Berseric, Blood Rage, Gothic, and Athi, so uh, <laughs> another very big man, so I, I believe he uh, thinks that you'll do better there. Uh, okay. Bye, guys. Waves his friends. Don't worry, Pogo. I will share notes with you after class. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we can, we can study together. <laughs> too big. <laughs> Just too big. Too big. That too is sizest. Big. I, I also love the connotation that, like the the possible perception is, you're too fat for this class. Lee. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> Poor Pogo. So oh, you no. don't fit in our seats. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's like Mr. Incredible so... in his tiny little car. <laughs> oh, stop! Oh, <laughs> so you all see Pogo sadly leave. Um. So Erica claps her hand. She goes, welcome to Investigation of Perception. This, don't tell your other teachers I said this, but is probably one of the most important classes. You know, it is important to make sure whenever you enter a room, you can see what's there, traps, uh, clues, anything along those lines. She goes, and I'm a very practical teacher, so I kind of want to have a little fun today. Get you guys up and on your feet and the first day. You can see a curtain behind her. She goes, are you all ready to see what I have in store? Cecily will lead over. She goes, great. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd be like, I'm a little nervous to see what she has behind that curtain. And she pulls the curtain back and you see a familiar face. You see Cook lying on the ground and a a little setup that we will get to when you investigate and perceive it. Cecily is very, very concerned that there is just another person on the ground, like a dead guy. You see Cook look over at you, see your concern, and gives you a wink. <sighs> All right. Not a, not a second. And then he closes problem. his eyes again and sticks out his tongue to blip. <laughs> and Erica goes, okay, Sarthelion and Cecily, I hear you've had... An exciting day already, or an exciting two days. So why don't you come up and show us how it's, show us what you can do. Of course. 
Uh, all right. You see her kind of walk back, cross her arms, and is kind of just leaning on the wall. And she goes, whenever you're ready, tell me what happened here. I'm going to roll investigation. Okay. I'll roll so I don't have a, Even though I don't have a plus in investigation. Well, actually, That's can a we, like, 20. Can we, like, oh, my God. Oh, I was going to say, oh can we, God. like, teamwork it? But <laughs> I got a nat 20. She's got it covered. Perfect. So kind of what I'll tell you. So you were doing investigation, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll kind of set the scene for you originally. So you can see Cook lying on the ground. There's a table uh, and two chairs on the table. And with the 20 investigation, I'll kind of I'll tell you what all you can see and if you want closer looks at things. Mm-hmm. So you can see a plate still on the table. You see a flower vase with roses. Kind of on the back counter, you see a cutting board or a cutting where all the knives sit. Um, you see a steak on the plate that's still there ketchup is on the table and you see red liquid on cook and so with all that let me know what you would like to look at closer well he eats a steak with ketchup which was his first crime um and then (laughs) she looks she's gonna look at the body the quote-unquote body (laughs) she's gonna investigate the body okay what did i get did you get another nat 20 He's Cecily and Sarthelian dice, man. So I'm not cheesing it. I'm not cheesing it. I promise. I totally believe you. Oh um, my god. So on the body of Cook, you notice a red liquid on him. And with another natural 20, you can tell that this is ketchup, not blood. And a bump is on his head. She's just gonna... It's ketchup. And then... <laughs> uh... <laughs> and she's going to feel the bump is it like a an actual bump did someone actually hit this man for this uh no this is special effects makeup <laughs> with okay. another with two natural 20s you can tell that it is special effects makeup uh what side of the head is this on uh forehead it's kind of like right forehead okay and are the chairs displayed in a way that one of them is like kind of shoved out of the way like as if he was sitting on it and it, he like keeled over yeah you can see that the one is he fell from it Fell from the chair. All right. And she's going to keep her findings and kind of look at Sarthelian. What do you think? It's ketchup, by the way, not blood. And she's like, dips her finger in it and just. Yes, I can see that. It's not even very Um, good ketchup. My best guess is uh, it was his first time trying ketchup and he is anaphylactically allergic to it. And fell. Not quite. Okay. Uh, and Cecily just kind of winces. <laughs> and Sarthelian, are you wanting to investigate anything else? I wanted to give you a chance as well. Yeah. Uh, so is there a bite taken out of the steak? There is no bite. So I'll say you guys done your investigation, so now I'll just answer your questions and give you answers. Okay. So there is no bite taken out of the steak. How much ketchup is on him? About a steak's worth of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Is there ketchup on the floor? It mostly is on him, kind of like on his forehead and on his shirt. And there, there's a little bit on the floor, kind of where the plate would have landed. The plate and the steak would have landed. Oh, so the plate and the steak is also on the floor? Yes, there's a plate and a steak on the floor as well. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, so there's two steaks? Or what? just one on the floor? Okay, so there is one steak still on a plate on the table. Uh-huh. And you notice a plate and a steak on the floor near Cook. 
Okay. What is, where's the, the vase? The vase is on the table. And there's nothing done to it? There's no damage? There's no askewness to it? No, as you look closer to the vase, you see a little note that just says, for my love. Oh. Hmm. Um, the steak on the ground. Yes. Is, is there a bite taken out of that one? There is no bite taken out of that one. Hmm. And you said behind him on the counter, there was just a set of knives, like kitchen knives. Yeah, like one of those box knives. Yeah, or like, like a like a, block, yeah, like can... a knife block. Mm-hmm. Knife yeah. block, that's the word. Yeah. Um, they look normal. They don't look anything fishy about them. There are two missing from the knife block. Okay. Uh, they're not next to the stake, like plate set next to the stake. One of them is set next to the plate. The other one is not. He obviously fell. He has a bump on his head. And it's fake, so what, they want you to know. Where's the ketchup that he bottle? On the table. Can, what's, is this ketchup bottle, like, dinged or banged or, like, scuffed up at all? It is not. It's in perfect condition, huh? Yes. Well, the red herring here in the room is definitely the knife, because there's no blood anywhere. There's no stab wound. It's just a... Unless it's a very, very dull knife, it's not going to make that bump on his forehead. Something tells me this has something to do with a lover's quarrel, because it's got the note on the on the vase, and possibly, um, my guess is that he uh, ticked her off in some way, or um, then she, she hit him in the head, and then he was, wanted wanted her to feel bad, so he tumbled all the way down to the floor, and then he got ketchup all over himself. So it's, a, it's about a steak's worth of ketchup all over him. Maybe she didn't like steak. Maybe she figured out he ate a steak with ketchup. That's what been a deal breaker for me. Me too. Glad we're on the same page here. Um, my guess is that whoever else was sitting here uh, got real mad at him and kind of, uh, I guess, flung his plate into his forehead. And that kind of made him tumble over to the ground, steak everywhere, ketchup on his shirt. The steak's worth of ketchup on his shirt, yeah. The, the exact steak's worth of ketchup on his shirt. I'm using exact measurements here. Um, she takes another dip into the shirt. Now a little bit less so. Um, yeah, that's my guess, I suppose. Yeah, I would go with lover's quarrel. Some displeasement. Hit in the head with it plate. Now my question is, where's the last knife? And Erica steps, takes this time to step forward and she goes, is that your final answer? Can I do another roll to see if I can figure out where that last knife is? Sure. Okay. Investigation. That is a 15. No. (laughs) It's a 15. A 15. You can tell that it is just in the kitchen sink. Well, found the knife. It's in the kitchen sink. Someone tried to wash up after everything. So, uh, yeah. That's our final answer. One more she question. Just oh yes, <laughs> she took I was back just asking if the floor was wet. <laughs> the floor is not wet. Okay. <laughs> so she she claps and she goes, "Absolutely wonderful investigation of perception." The full story is that Cook here has invited over a date, and he made a very nice steak dinner. But she became enraged once she saw that he put ketchup on the steak and launched this ketchup-filled steak into his head, knocking him out and onto the floor with ketchup everywhere. And her knife still had ketchup on it. And she 
decided that that was just too much and went and washed it off and left. Left dear Cook on the floor. Because his sorry, ultimate Cook. crime was ketchup on a steak. I'm sorry, Cook. You deserved it. And Cook just starts laughing and he stands up. Wow, I'm I'm so impressed. That was that was incredible watching you two work together and Cecily, wow, just you have quite the brain on you. Well, when it comes to medical stuff, that's really uh my forte. Anything else and I'm I'm half useless, which is why I'm here. Because I don't I don't think you're useless at all. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. <laughs> he goes, You're you're gonna be in the cooking class, right? The cooking class? Um, uh, I I I think so. I've been I've been moved to help with my medical skills to the nurse, so I have to choose between uh, alchemy and the cooking club. So I I, I still have a, a lot to think on about it. Well, if you decide to stick with cooking, I I would like to you know make a real steak with you and not put ketchup on it. If, <laughs> if that's something you would like. Um. Uh. Sure. Uh. <laughs> uh. I'm trying to think of a steak pun and it's just not coming. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just hope ask, you know, I, I hope cooking club wasn't a mistake. <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> chuckles to himself. He's like, I'm sorry. That, that was <laughs> well, bad. I guess I'll have to meet you there. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty rare that I talk to girls as pretty as you. Marthelian <laughs> is walking away. He's so gone. <laughs> And she's, like, she's just like right here and she's just like staring at the rest of the class bright red and she says yeah um well I'll well done with, with puns I'm gonna, I'm gonna go you better down. go catch up with your friend <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and she's just she's just bright bright beat red and is just gonna go plant herself back next to Sarthelion. For all the listeners, she really is. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? I turn red very easily. Um, but she she uh, she sits next to Sarthelion and she just mumbles not a word to him because she knows he's gonna say something snarky. You see Sarthelion just make the, like, the zip his lips motion. Everyone is just jaw dropped, mouth open. Just what did we just watch? <laughs> I think she's I'm going making to like paper that. dragons out of anxiety. She's just she pulls out her crafts and she is making paper dragons. So Cook is a, is an upperclassman, right? He's a sophomore. So on your first like first in your first two days of school, you got hit on by you like. Pick, picking up an upperclassman and you killed someone. Wow, it's the ultimate college experience. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, we are going to shimmer, shimmer, shimmer to our next class, which will I really be... hope we use your sound effects instead of actual ones. Just <laughs> shimmer, like we hear Noah go, shimmer, 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 or... Just put oh. the actual sound behind it, but then keep Noah's uh, version of the sound in. Exactly. Shimmer, shimmer, shimmer. Our next class is Athletics and Acrobatics with Berseric, Blood Rage, Gothikanafi. And the two taking this class are Cecily and Pogo. Amelia, I promise we will reach you once again soon. Amelia, my love, 
We're coming back <laughs> soon, I promise. Yeah, you it's have the next and final class. So you uh sorry, Thalian, you you get a free class period with Amelia. With oh, Amelia? Boy. Well, oh, I, I, I don't you're know if you're with person. Amelia, but you have Do we hang out class. in between classes? Are Would we Amelia hang each out other with in between does, classes? Does anyone else you want can. to hang out with our characters? I know. I want to avoid you like the plague. <laughs> like Unlikable yeah, people. We only have each other. Look, this is yeah, the reason we're... why we have to be friends. This is how we stick we're together. Really it's because we've all killed somebody, now. apparently. No, no one Pogo else hasn't uh, killed anyone. Okay, good. I would say, I would say that um, Sarthelion would start uh, making his way to the library as per his okay. note, but if he sees Amelia, he'll catch up with her. Okay. I mean, Amelia's still in the library. She just spends her free time studying rigorously. So yeah, if you go to the library, you'll run into each other. Okay. Then awesome. off I go. Off you go. And for the other two, you walk into a very gymnasium-style room with the wooden floors and all of that. And you see... Berserik, who is a Goliath with all of the markings down his head and back, and he just has his arm, his big meaty arms crossed. And he goes, Oh, Pogo, I see you've gotten my message. Uh, yes, I heard you said I was too big for investigation and perception class. Yes, you gotta play to your strengths. Emphasis on strengths. He was like, you use those muscles to to best your enemies and help your friends. But I want to study. <laughs> well, study the arts of getting bigger. And with that, he, he goes, and Cecily, I'm so glad that you are here today. And he goes, oh, great, um, good talking to you. <laughs> no, no, no. She's, she's like trailed off and is still, she looks like she just ran a little marathon. She's still bright wet red. Um, she's kind of taken off her outer tunic though so that because this is a gym class she thinks um so she's just got her like under shirt and you can see all of her runic tattoos that are just a little red and irritated and he he claps you on the back and he's like that's the spirit getting a good run in before before uh, class mm, starts yeah thanks uh <laughs> ow he goes for the rest of you take a look at these star students they are what you should aspire to be. I think the best way to teach athletics and acrobatics is to jump right in. He's like, and the only way I can think of doing that is through spears of war. That wasn't the right word. Spheres of war. <laughs> that wasn't the right word. Repeats the phrase. No, I said spears of war. It's spheres of war. Oh, spheres. And you see him walk over and pull out red balls that look like they are made of rubber. And he sets them on a center line. We're playing dodgeball. We're playing dodgeball. Oh my <laughs> god, Noah. Because how we're going to do this today is we're going to split up into teams of two. Who would like to take on our star students today? And you are, Is it them see... against us? <laughs> How many people are in this class? All of them like, against us? Eight. Eight total? Eight total? Yeah, eight total. Us? Not including you. Ten including you. 
And are any of uh, Dorkin and the boys in this class? So you see two hands raise, a little frog-looking hand and and an elf's hand. And Dorkin stands up and he goes, I'd like to take on them star students. He goes, that rich boy's mine. You... I'm telling you, I'll buy you lunch if you need anything. You just keep mentioning it. I don't need money, damn it. All right. Just keep mentioning it. It's a little concerning I need the sound of rubber hitting your flesh. Get on the line. (laughs) And Brzee Pogo steps up. He's still in his full, like, wizard robe outfit with the hat and everything. I don't want to finish a fight like last time again. I I don't want to hurt anyone. Last time we fought the... They died. Yeah, that was that was my fault, honey. Don't don't blame okay, yourself. Okay, so on that are we one. are we going to pull punches on this? Uh, the headmaster said, "Play essentially play stupid games, you win stupid prizes." I think we should show them what we can do. I don't want to hurt anyone, but I'll, I'll we'll we'll see what happens out there. I mean, they're rubber. It's not going to kill anyone. Right. 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 And Brazil ready for this and she's gonna she's goes, gonna right. go for a fist she's gonna Absolutely Pogo absolutely gives you a fist bump. Yeah And it like echoes just goo, 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 and it's this very intense fist bump. <laughs> as you see Plue and Dorkian walk to the other line. Brazil goes, Alright, best of three and you all know how spheres of war works, right? No. Right. Throw I'm the assuming. ball, hit the other person. If you catch it, the person who, who threw it is out. If you get hit, you are out. Best of three. And all how right. we actually <laughs> play this game is you are all going to roll initiative, and there are two balls in the center line. So whoever has a higher initiative can go for the ball if they want, or they can sit back. Uh, so it's going to be acrobatics to dodge if you want to try to dodge a ball, and athletics to hit. If you would like to try to catch the ball, it's a deck save against their athletics. All right, I got a 15 for my initiative. 12. Okay. And with that, you see Berserik put his hands to his lips, blows a whistle, and Dorkian launches off the lines with a 17 initiative and grabs a ball. Next would be Cecily. She is... She's also going to grab a ball. Dorkian has a ball. Cecily has a ball. And so that leaves Plu and sorry, Pogo, you go first, but after oh. Cecily. Cool. Uh, Pogo is going to take the dodge action. Oh, you jerk. Yeah, that works. Uh, also, which gives him advantage on uh, dexterity saving throws, but he also already has advantage because he's barbarian. Okay. So I'll say you just, you have advantage and you see Plu take up the back line and he just kind of hunkers down as far away as he can and that takes us back to to dorkian who is going to reach back his arm and he is going to launch a ball at pogo all right i need a acrobatic save if you're trying to an acrobatics against his athletics if you're trying to dodge or if you want to try to catch catch it you can do a deck save against his athletics uh 17 to catch Natural 20. No! Pogo! Dorkian! Dorkian has a rage behind his eyes. And as this ball leaves his hand, you just hear... You hear the rubber smack against your chest. Goom, goom, goom. And 
the ball hits the ground and Berserk goes, Pogo, you're out of there. Pogo, no! Okay. Oh, Pogo just walks off the court very <laughs> Yeah, it's all very, <laughs> very dramatic. Cecily, your teammate is out. Dorkian no longer has a ball as well as Plu. Dorkian is closer to the line and Plu is sitting in the back. Um, Cecily's going to let that ball stay on her side. Um, they're not allowed to cross over the line, correct? Correct. And (laughs) she is going to think for a moment. She's going to grab the other ball, actually. She's going to hold them both and sit crisscross applesauce (laughs) and sit down. (laughs) Plue, during her turn, looks very confused. And then we go back to the top of the round and Berserk... He goes, time out, time out. And he walks over to Cecily and he goes, um, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, I thought I'd try a peaceful solution. And he gets down on one knee and he goes, Cecily, uh, I understand you've had a rough couple days, but I need you to throw these balls at those guys. You sure? I'm sure. Fine. And she gets up, puts one, puts puts one of the balls at her feet. Um, okay. And I, I don't know if I can take this throw or not. Yeah, you can take the throw. I'll allow it. Okay. Okay. Dorkin can't do much because he doesn't have a ball, so he just readies himself. And Berserk blows the whistle again. He goes, "All right, time in." Oh my god! Did you just roll another natural twenty? I'm sorry. That is three today. I will I think take that's pictures. Like three for three I will rolls. take pictures. I, tr- I, I trust you. You're fine. Oh my god! Okay. People are gonna think that I'm cheating. Uh, can I add a slight thing for you rolling this natural twenty? Yes. So Pogo is sitting on the sideline and he looks slightly sad. She's like, oh, "No, Pogo, fine." So, so you got motivation if you want it. She looks over and she says. Fine, Pogo, I'll do it. And she she just puts the the ball down between her between her legs, and she okay. just raises the ball and points it at Dorkian, and she just like launches that shit right into his gut. Okay, so just like how Pogo went out, you slam this ball into his chest with two natural twenties in the short game of Spears of War. There was. There was two. And, oh yeah, because Dorkian made a natural twenty. And with that, Brazier goes, "Dorkian, you're out of here," because Dorkian is unable to catch it. Plu tries to dive and catch it and misses. And Plu just looks at Dorkian and goes, "I will avenge you." I hope I knock the wind out of him. She says under her breath. Yeah, you see, he's he looks hurt, and Plu picks up the ball, and he looks right <laughs> at you. And I need you to roll an acrobatics or a dexterity if you try to catch it. Alrighty. I will roll again. I will Did you roll, just roll another natural again. twenty. I will, I will. I'm going to take a picture because I need. I need. I need. <laughs> I. Nick what? said it's rolling not twenties, and it did it again. Okay, forget I ever I said know. anything. I, I want to know the statistics of four natural I, 20s in a row. 
so sorry. You're fine. That's the roll of the dice. So I as you roll a natural, that's four nat twenties out of six total dice rolls. That is insane, and I love it. You Plue launches this ball, and it was a high roll. I rolled to catch, but, by the way. Yeah, you rolled a catch, and I figured you did. And you stick out one arm, still kind of burning from when Griam had started to sear your tattoos, and you catch this ball with one hand, and the rubber almost seems to melt a little bit in your hands as you stop it in its tracks. And Berserk just kind of looks, and he's like, uh, Plue, you're, um, uh, you're out. And he goes, the the star students win. And he's like, well, that's uh, game one. I guess reset for part two. And he yells to another student to go grab another ball because the one has a melted handprint in it. And she just kind of drops it and, like, goos the, the plastic off of her. And she's, like, kind of clutching that arm because it hurts again. And Berserk sets the balls up and Dorkian walks up to you at the line. He goes, that was luck. It won't happen again. When are you going to stop trying to make a fool of yourself? Only after I win. <laughs> All right, honey. And if you ever need lunch, let me know. I don't need lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and he steps back onto the line as well as Plue. And we're going to roll initiative again. <laughs> oh, that was an eight. Cecily didn't oh. roll very well on that one. Cecily's like nursing her her gooey (laughs) plastic arm now. (laughs) Yeah, you just got rubber on your hand. Pogo's back in for six. So Plue and Dorkian rush forward once again with a newfound hatred for the star-studded students and grab both balls. Do they grab the balls firmly? They grab the balls so firmly they seem a little squishy. Uh, (laughs) Make a slight sound when they squeeze them. And... <laughs> they turn a little gonna, the balls turn a little more red as they're grasped so tightly. We're earning our explicit tag today. <laughs> Firmly grasp it, SpongeBob. Oh make God. another testicle joke. <laughs> balls. Um balls. And so with that, they they take the ball and where what do you guys do now that you have no way of attack on your side? Um can I take a dodge action? Sure. Pogo's just going to stand there. He's not going to take a dodge action. Pogo, okay. Um, Crosses arms defiantly. <laughs> so what's going to happen is Dorkian and Plue look at each other and they nod. And you take the dodge action, Cecily, mm-hmm. but you're going to be they're going to be rolling with advantage because they're going to throw two balls at the same time. At Cecily, yeah, great. At Cecily. They don't fear Pogo. <laughs> ah, great. Uh, if you would like to roll whichever you're trying to do, you get two actions. Okay. I'm going to... Are you trying to catch or dodge? Um, If I catch one, do I get catch disadvantage on catching the other? Yes. Okay. She's going to dodge and then catch. Okay, dodge and catch. So it's a 17 on the dodge. You dodge the first ball as it flies past you. And this is 16 on the catch. Okay. And you, the first ball flies past you. Do kind of like a matrix bend backwards. And as you catch back up, the ball lands right in your chest. And boom, hands on the ball, 
stopped dead in its tracks, and Plue is once again out. That dice is cracked. Uh, cracked. Dude, I am never I using another D20 for this advantage, fucking game. 13, 13, 8, 14. I'm um, going to get punished for this later. Pogo. Like, I'm going to be rolling that no, one all the time. <laughs> you're going to have to save another student, and it's going to be that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get emotionally damaged really bad for this. No. Uh, Cecily, that's actually your turn. You have one ball, and one is behind you, and Dorkian is standing in front of you. She's going to aim for Dorkian again, and she's going to try and hit this kid. He just can't learn his lesson. Uh, and that's a uh, that's an athletics, right? Yes, athletics to throw. So that's a thirteen. Okay, all right. And Dorkian, with a little bit of rage in his eyes, catches the ball as you launch it once again into his chest, and he grabs it and he goes, "I think you're out." Well, there you go. You did it. I know you do it. Good job. Okay. And Pogo, that is your turn. Uh, Pogo is just gonna stand there. Uh, he's gonna stick his hand out and he's gonna do like the like bring it on motion. Okay. You got this, Pogo. Okay, and it's back up to Dorkian. Cecily, as you say, "Let's go, Pogo." You feel the pain of rubber hitting you square in the forehead. <laughs> Wait, I don't even get a dot. I don't get. I don't get the uh, option to to dodge that one. I'm gonna say no because you were you were congratulating Pogo. You weren't expecting. You're out. And oh. Dorkian takes a cheap shot and launches it at your head. Uh, can Pogo take his his turn now in retaliation to that? Yeah, you can do that. And Berserik, you can see him starting to put his hands up to stop the match. Uh, cool. I'm going to rage for this. And give okay. uh, an athletics check with advantage to throw this ball. Cecily took that like a champ. She just kind of she 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 feels like she deserves it, so she just kind of swallows it and she just nods. So I didn't get a natural twenty, but I did get an eighteen plus five, so twenty three. I rolled a natural one. Yes. <laughs> Tell me what you do as this retaliation. So Dorkian, looking all smug, throws this ball. Bounces off Cecily's head. I'm going to say you catch the one that bounced off her head. And we're going to go bringing it up. Full gym class, like full pitcher uh, stance, lifts the leg straight up to be like perfect 90, and then just brings the leg straight down and puts the whole body behind the throw. Uh, and I'm going to just say that uh, Dorkin's probably near the front line. Yeah. And then. Pogo's probably about halfway in the court, so they're like 20 feet from each other. Yeah, they're... Yeah. And it's just a full pitcher form 90 mile an hour dodgeball. And just in the anime style where the ball is like like shaping as it flies through the air and the air behind it is spiraling. Dorkian looks over and sees you launch this ball, but not in enough time. And it hits him in the chest. He tries to grab it, and it is just spinning against his chest as he is knocked back 15 feet, just from the pure power of this, and falls back. You see the ball look like it's on his chest for a second, almost like he caught it. And you see his eyes close, and the ball rolls away. 
in Berserk calls the game and he goes, and the star students win again. And he goes, I'm going to dismiss class. I need a word with Dorky in here. Two out of four down. <laughs> two out of four down. <laughs> One to go, We're picking them off, boys. We're That's picking them off like horrendous. flies. The Tomorrow BB- morning, Cecily and Pogo get called into the office again. <laughs> so he did. still says zero. Steven has died zero. But it's a frowny <laughs> face this time. It's, it's another zero. <laughs> That's so funny. And Plue just kind of looks shocked. Berserik grabs Dorkian by basically by the scruff of his neck and like looks over at Plue and takes them into the office. Do you guys say in each other before we shimmer off to our final class? Thanks, Pogo. I got you. They were, that was a rude move, and I did not appreciate that. Well, I did kind of kill their friend. I might have deserved that one. I, not they. They were rude to you first, and that's the important thing. Aw, and she gives him a big hug. Pogo Big freezes. Sweaty gym class hug. Pogo's frozen. He's never been hugged by anyone. No, he's been <laughs> hugged by a sister. <laughs> That's so sad. And as you guys have your hug, the rest of the students that were in this class are just kind of chanting your names and and surround you. And we we fade out on this nice little bit of camaraderie as these students surround you and you embrace. And with that, we will shimmer, shimmer, shimmer to our final class, which just so happens to be Amelia. And Intimidation and Persuasion is the class with Leah and Leo Lozano. And Amelia, as you walk into the room, you notice there's not a whole lot of people in here. There's there's lots of spaces. It's kind of two by two desks. And uh, Leah and Lozano are kind of just talking up front. Yeah, I mean, Amelia will just, um, I think because there's not very many people in here, she is just going to grab whatever seat is, like, the closest available, even if it's close to the back. Okay. Are you sitting with another student or in one of the empty desks? Um, I'll scan around. Who else in here? What are, what are my it. options? Let me size everyone up. Option. <laughs> so you see... Uh, a human who's kind of nicely dressed, just sitting there with his arms crossed. You see a, a dwarf kind of picking his teeth, and he's sitting next to a half-orc who is kind of just looking grossed out that this dwarf is picking his teeth. Um, yeah, me too. That's gross. It's, it's very <laughs> gross. And the, the human who's kind of relaxed, uh, and then you see a halfling doodling in the back on a piece of paper. Oh, too distracting. Um, I'll take my I'll take my chances with the with the human. Okay, and there's also open desks. I'll sit by myself, actually, behind <laughs> okay. the human. <laughs> behind the human. Okay, so you sit down. It's still a little bit between classes, and the human kind of he watches you walk past him. He puts his feet down as you sit down, and he, he turns. He goes, "Hi, the name's Eric, Eric Blackwood." And he holds out his hand. Um, Amelia returns with a with a handshake. She reciprocates. Um, and she says, The pleasure is mine, Amelia Victor Solis. Oh wow, a Victor Solis, huh? The last one. 
other than my parents. Dang, that must be pretty, pretty lonely. Um, I have a lot which... of friends. What are you trying to say? Oh, nothing. I, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just, you're, I didn't mean anything by it. And he goes, I'm sorry, I've already messed uh, this up. And he kind of turns back around. No, 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 no. Well, excuse me. What exactly were you trying to say? You know, I'm trying to work on my confidence, so I, I thought I would say something cool, like, oh, well, I, I could be your friend if if you wanted me to, and, um, you know, I know being nobility can be, uh, be hard, you know, I, I'm a little bit of nobility myself, nowhere to your level, but. Oh, um, I'm afraid I didn't recognize your last name. Where are your parents from? Oh, uh, we're, we're from Laxor. We, we just have a small little little city that we run you know we we just help with the wood trades we're we're not much into the hunting and stuff we're we're more woodsmen which is where i get all my clothes uh-huh well it is it is a pleasure to meet you um if you ever need she's trying really hard to be nice <laughs> she's like if you ever need somebody to study with i typically spend my free periods in the library and he goes, yeah, that would that would be awesome. Uh, here, take take my uh, my carrier pigeon number, and that's how we're doing numbers. <laughs> is carrier pigeon? Carrier pigeon. Each one has a little number. A little how it number. Got there, there's, who knows? There's going to be lots of communication ways. This is just the one I thought of off the top of my head. And he starts writing it down. And as as he starts writing down, a shadow kind of appears over the paper. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You didn't think you just got to take a class alone, did you? Oh, goddammit. (laughs) As Frederick is standing there. He goes, hey, honey. uh, Sorry I didn't say bye this morning. Oh, I, I mean... I'm surprised you got out of bed at all, to be honest. <laughs> and he goes, I know you're used to lying on your back, but I like <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fucking get him. <sighs> what episode do we get to beat this man's ass? <laughs> oh, so hot. Oh, the I have the explicit tag, isn't it? This is going to have explicit a hard explicit tag. In <laughs> bold. Bold in red letters. Cecily will have no qualms in killing this man. Um, <laughs> so he says that. Amelia Amelia looks at him for a second. Um, and she says, Look, I'm sure you're used to women who like laying on their backs, but I'm the type to take more initiative in bed. You would know that if you were anywhere near appealing to me. What in this little loser is? Or what about that loser bugbear? Oh, please. I, what are you even talking about? You're the one who's a skeeve. I'm just making yeah. friends. I'm a socialite. And he he gets close to you. Ew. And he kind of he kind of grabs Eric's head and like turns it around. Not like grabs it aggressively, but kind of pushes his head forward. Frederick gets close to you. He goes, I don't know what game you're playing at, but I know you don't make friends. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have plenty of friends. 
you would know that if you actually cared to speak with me once in a while, but instead you choose to pick petty arguments that you never win. Just like how you talk to Violetta. I understand that you don't make friends because as soon as someone is no longer useful to you, you just throw them over, let's say, a boat or something like that. Amelia, um, she's making like very, very uh, bold eye contact, you know, unblinking, un unwavering. Um, and she looks at him and she says, I don't know where you're getting all of these fantastical ideas from, Frederick. But if I didn't hang around with people who aren't useful to me, I wouldn't be spending time with somebody who I've beat every time we sparred as children. And so just as Frederick takes a breath, Leah goes, Frederick, why don't you take a seat? It's time to get started. Frederick turns around and puts on a sickly sweet voice and he's like, oh, yes, teacher, I'm so sorry. Uh, I was just having a discussion with my fiance and it's so nice of her to keep a seat open for me. Ew. And he sits next to you. Of course he does. And Leah is just staring daggers. And Leo, to cut the tension, he goes, Oh, um, welcome students to to our class. Uh, as you can kind of tell, this is my sister. She teaches the intimidation portion, and I teach the persuasion portion. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of you have kind of understood that our classes like to Jump right into things with demonstrations, and then we'll teach you what went right and wrong. We are so lucky that we have two nobility in our class today, and, well, three, I guess, if you count Eric. And Eric kind of puts his head Sorry, down Eric. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're both noble, Amelia, would you mind coming up here and going first? We have a little demonstration we'd like to like to try. She's got this super forced smile on her face. And she says, of course I would. Any, anything to help. Um, and she'll, she'll just go up to the front. Okay. Leo smiles at you and he goes, so how this is going to work is I'm going to be a nobleman. And you, of course, are going to be a very high ranking noble. And I'm looking to make a peace treaty because we are being attacked by one of your allies. How would you resolve this situation um amelia thinks for a moment and she thinks back to everything that her mother and father have taught her and she looks at the teacher and she says well um you're saying that one of my allies is attacking you are they planning to conquer you are they wanting to take over is there something that they want from your people oh they want our valuables you know we my little village is we deal in gems and very precious gems as that so we we're small but we are very rich and one of the neighboring cities knows this and they started attacking us so we we're not strong enough to stop them so we came to you to maybe settle it to find a middle ground um well it depends what would your people have to offer my people in exchange for our services and aid we have the gems that i have offered and we we can offer our whatever small armies we have um i can offer my firstborn son if you you would like to marriage oh sick of the stuff um do my allies have anything that can be a benefit to your village i mean i think the biggest benefit would be not dying yes but anything else do they have any 
a sort of a relic that is particularly enticing, or farmland, or any kind of good and service that they could provide to your people. Oh, yes, they have plenty of farmland. Um, not many magic items, but, you know, dealing in gems, we, we don't have a lot in food, so we could potentially trade the gems for food. And Well, I think the proper solution to this scenario would be to forge a peace treaty in which your people would offer my allies some of your precious gem resources. In exchange, you would receive some of their crop, whatever they harvest for that year, to assist in your hunger problem. That sounds like it would benefit everyone. Absolutely. And if the treaty is broken, then your people would be snubbed to the ground. Or my allies. Leah smiles at this. And Leo kind of goes, he goes, all right, I, I think that was a very wonderful showing, Miss Victisolis. Well, Did you hear? Oh, proper no nobility, it is our job to keep everybody in line. And she glares at Frederick. And Frederick says from the back of the room, and he goes, that's not how I would have done it. Unsurprising, because you're an idiot. Anyway, thank you, sir. <sighs> and he, he looks back, or Leah kind of looks back, and she goes, well, if you have a different idea, Frederick, why don't you come up here and show us? Oh, Amelia, why don't you stay here as well? <laughs> and she goes, I'd like to see this done a different way. Frederick, you be who the nobleman is coming for. And Amelia, you be the noblewoman who is trying to broker a priest treaty because she's being attacked. Is Frederick playing my ally in the scenario who I'm trying to convince? Yes, you were trying to convince Frederick to give you aid or whatever you see fit. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> oh. And Frederick just goes, whenever you're ready, dear. <clears throat> I have spoken with the village that you, um wish to forcefully take resources from, and I believe that we have come to a reasonable agreement in which your people will receive an earnest amount of gems, um, and your farmers, who have a surplus of harvested goods, will ship some of whatever you harvest for the year to this village so that they may be healthy and work harder to produce more gems. A constant cycle of, what is the term I'm looking for? Camaraderie. And Frederick looks at you and a small, a sly smile starts to spread across his lips as he goes, yeah, I could see how you could think that way. Um, I just have one request. And what would that be? Beg. Excuse me. out right now. We all are. I had to stop <laughs> because I could... Oh my god. <laughs> he goes, it's easy. Big. Are you going to put a put aside your pride for the better of the people? <laughs> I think you're mistaken. One does not sacrifice their humility in order to make some kind of deal. Your request is provoking an aggressive reaction, and if you do not comply by the treaty as written, or if we make 
amendments to it to benefit both parties, then I will have to declare war. But as I see it, you're not ready for war. You have to come to my doorsteps and ask for my help because you can't stop one other little village. So why not just, why shouldn't I just take over both of yours? And then I get the food, I get the gyms, and I get everything I want. Because I don't think you understand that if I side of this village and rise up against you, I will see to it that you are on the ground. And he takes a step closer and he said, I would like to see you try. Um, so Amelia is getting a little frustrated, a little angry. She might be losing her cool a little bit. Uh Um, she is going to grab her battle axe and slam it into the ground next to Frederick. You do this. And Frederick just smiles at you. He goes, looks like I won. And Leo steps in between. He goes, hey, hey, uh, there's no need to bring violence into this. And the smirk never leaves Frederick's face. Um, Amelia doesn't make eye contact with the professor. She maintains her eye contact with Frederick. And she says, I made my conditions very clear. If my ally refused to comply with the peace treaty as written, then I will simply take the initiative to see to it that the threat is eliminated. Frederick just doesn't even respond. He, He's just like, I don't even need to respond. He goes, this little game is over. Um, Amelia sneaks one last comment in to end the confrontation. Um, she looks at him and says, I don't kill without purpose. I will burn villages to the ground. I will declare war and I will conquer whoever I need to conquer in order to meet my goals and the goals that will benefit my people. It is my duty and my job as nobility. Your duty and your job is to be my wife. I believe that's what your mom and dad said. How would they like... How would they like to hear about this little outburst of yours? And in front of the teachers and students, no less, and nobility like Eric. I am simply playing the part of nobility who is looking out for a smaller village in need of aid. You're bringing personal matters into this that do not apply to the situation. Isn't that right, Professor? (laughs) (laughs) And Leo just kind of looks stunned. Leah has a bit of a smirk on her face. She's like watching this tension. She lives Leo, the drama. <laughs> she does. And Leo goes, I I think you both have brought up very good points. Um, and I believe that we should stop this here before anything else, any more property gets damaged. Apologies. Um, I'll send a check or I'll send an invoice to my father to send a check to you to fix the floor. He goes, that will be much appreciated, Miss Victosolis. Just give me an amount. I will have it sent to your dorm. Thank you. Once we can get these, the amount figured out. Absolutely. Could you make sure to write on the invoice that this was Frederick's altercation and not my own? Important for accounting information. Thank you, Miss Victosolis. I, th- I believe you can have a seat. Frederick, you as well. Thank you. And... Frederick walking behind you, he goes, this game may be over, but our game is just beginning. Uh, Can I punch him in the balls? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, from behind, just like, Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Roll to attack. Okay, you got it, you got it. 
That's going to be a 21. Frederick rolled a 23. Fuck. And he catches your wrist. I'm learning your little tricks, Amelia. Let's try to be civil, why don't we? And he releases your arm. As he's walking past Eric, he goes, she's a, she's a firecracker, isn't she? You might have your hands full there, Eric. Pats him on the shoulder. <laughs> no. How does, how does Eric feel about that information? Eric is bright red. Oh. Uh, Amelia will sit down next to Eric. Eric, you didn't think he could get any redder, but he is now <laughs> even more red. Oh, no. He, he kind of looks over at you and he goes, that was awesome. She, she leans over as well and she says, I know. <laughs> and you, you share a laugh as Leah and Leo kind of finish out this class with each coming up and doing their own little thing. Eric does a pretty good job. He does his persuasion tactics of being a sweet little bean. Good baby. And he in the class ends and we do our little shimmer, shimmer, shimmer. Amelia I feel like I've been holding my breath for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god. You hear the bell rings as the last class finishes for the day. Sarthelion, I believe you have a meeting? Yes, I will be heading to the library. <laughs> Nick has to cool off after that altercation. <laughs> I'm so glad Amelia's found herself a bottom. A proper male wife. Proper male wife! <laughs> so you head to the library. Uh, it's it started to clear out since it's the end of the day. People are getting ready to go to their clubs. So what do you do when you walk into this nearly empty library? Since the note was written, obviously, in a language that only Sarthelion can understand, uh, I think he would walk into, uh, walk into the library, like, very much with an air of caution about him like he would give like a full like scan immediately as he comes in to the library to see if he can see anything out of the ordinary you don't really notice anything out of the ordinary just a couple people studying uh the librarians checking in books the the soft thumping but other than that it's relatively quiet um then probably what sarthelion would do is he would just find like uh just kind of go to an area of the library, mime looking at books. He knows that usually in these situations, people come to you when they're looking for you. So he would just look busy for a moment. Okay. A voice inside your head cuts through the silence. He just says, Gray. I whip around, like whip looking for where this is. Staring across from you are two familiar silver eyes thank you so much for making it through another episode of the minds never matter podcast i am noah bryan your dm joined by anna williams as amelia victisolis aaron owens as pogo stardust taylor murchie as cecily belgrion and nick tevany as a sarthelian gray with additional thanks to one of our editors maven gunter join us for episode three on march 29th to see who has found sarthelian also keep a lookout on our social media for our Patreon that is hopefully dropping soon. Thank you for all of your support. See you soon. <laughs>